and gentlemen, welcome to another rousing edition of Kang, King, and Brother DJ. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> y'all ain't ready for that. Y'all ain't ready for that rap heat that's coming. Kang, keeping Kang. all knowledge gangster. You know about that. I'm gonna let that. I'm gonna let that sit with you for a minute, so you can really put it all together how it works. But you know, I mean, if y'all coming soon, you'll see. If, if y'all yeah. want to discredit us before we get started, just go right here. <laughs> oh look, I'm glad. Look, I'm glad you said that. Let's let's go ahead and and, and set the bar right now. Um, <laughs> we are here tonight to have a pertinent conversation. Uh, we've been meaning to do this for a while, but we want to have a conversation. Uh, that we're labeling the introduction to financial literacy. Um, so we're going we're gonna to touch a lot of topics tonight. Uh, and we want to be sure that we give uh, due diligence to this conversation. So let me preface this conversation by acknowledging my brethren on, 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 on here with me right now. Uh, Dr. Ajamu Loving, PhD, CFP. Uh, he has a PhD in financial planning and he is the certified financial planner. What greater person to have on with this conversation than somebody of his illustrious status? We also have my good brother, Destrian Wells, who has decades of uh, experience within the financial industry as an advisor, uh, investment manager, uh, client, uh, uh, relationships, and various other things. And I myself, am just the, I'm just the guy, man. I'm just the moderator, <laughs> you know, with the... Really? You know, Wow. With a little bit of experience of how to how to how to talk to these gentlemen to get them to answer the questions that people need to know the answers to. So welcome to the Bridger Podcast Facebook Live event, man. Wow. In true yeah, Bridger so, fashion. So, so what before we go around the horn, what you won't do is what you won't do that. So uh what Mr. Woodson is neglecting to say is that number one, in honor of Black History Month, the toast that we will take will be the fact that we are all graduates of illustrious historically black colleges and universities so before we get anything going happy black history month out there and that means that that's that's to all of our african-american constituents and all of our allies and counterparts alike so salute cheers now what you have represented in front of you is tuskegee university is where is morehouse college um, Dr. Loving has gone on to do illustrious things, but let's focus on Mr. Woodson for a moment, who decided to uh, be subdued in the background. He's a serial entrepreneur of roughly seven to nine businesses at the current time. He also heard, holds a, cor- a corporate capacity uh, with Verizon. Outside of that, he's a great husband, outstanding father, even better friend. Um, you can send me my $22.50 whenever you uh, get ready to, but in, in all sincerity, it is a pleasure to be amongst you gentlemen. And uh, it's, it's just great to be back into the fold with you, especially with everything that's going on yeah. at the present time. Um, Doc, I know you're out in Dallas. You just made it through some significant yeah. things. I saw your Bernie Sanders posters. And- <laughs> yeah, bro. In, in the cold, house cold. looking dressed like Bernie. It was not fun. It was cold, so. cold. It was yeah, cold, cold. Oh, yeah. I got you. Yeah. So learned, learned a lot about this. preparation. Um, so let's do this. It's, we uh, we got people that have that have heard the actual Brethren podcast before, and if you haven't, uh, you can go to any of your DSPs, digital service providers, and type in Brethren podcast series. B R E A D R E N. That's bread like bread because we always about our bread, and we always looking for ways to get bread. Y'all ain't heard me say that in a while, so I know it felt nostalgic. <laughs> but um, usually, what we do is we have a very laid back and open conversation. 
about different things that affect us as both businessmen, uh, professional men, and as well as family men. Um, and tonight is going to be no different. So we're going to do it in true brethren uh, fashion, like we always do if you've ever listened to the podcast. So I am sipping on a little bit of Woodford Reserve. Uh, Mr. Wells, if you know, will always and has always sipped on Hennessy. It's always just a matter of which one. Uh, Hen and Coke is, is, is the variation that he's on this evening. Dr. Levin, what are you on this evening? Well, t- today I have Makers and uh, and Coke Zero. You see, I'm willing to switch it up. Try new things. So you, you're about diversity. This is this month, gone. Huh? You're about well, no. diversity this month is what you're saying. Well, yes. and inclusion. well, you know what? It, you know, they have been paying me lately to say such things. And so I figure that I might as well extend that diversity in all other areas. And you know what? This evening, Kang already got endorsement deals. Check him out. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, but as usual, the brethren toast here to a beautiful conversation, knowledge being dropped and things being learned and wealth being spread. Cheers, gentlemen. Oh, Cheers, brothers. That's a nice glass you got there. <laughs> hey, it came with the bottle. I'm a, hey, I'm a gift set. I'm a gift set magnet. My wife hates it. <laughs> Every chance she gets, she want to throw away the glasses that come with it. Wow. This is free merchandise, people. But um, <laughs> like we said, we are here tonight to we have deemed this introduction or intro to financial literacy. So we want to have a conversation around that. And the three points that we want to kind of focus in and hone in on are going to be decision making, uh, goal setting, and good habits that we can all form and attach ourselves to in order to gain uh, financial independence and freedom. But you cannot do that unless you have financial literacy, okay? Um, and I want to start by saying something came across my timeline, and I sent it to the two to my two brothers and said, look, we got to make sure that we implemented this conversation. And them being the gracious gentlemen that they are, they said, of course. Um, but it was a, a tweet that said, basically, people are fed up of seeing people constantly on their timeline saying financial freedom and, you know, teaching people how to do finan- get financial uh wealth and all of those things, but without addressing wage inequities and also addressing poverty, systemic racism, injustices, and things of that nature that are uh, systemic things put in place to hold people back uh, from gaining these things. So we want to start the conversation there. Um, And I'll tee it up by throwing it to Dr. Loving first, because he does have a PhD in financial planning. And then as as usual, uh, Mr. Wells will let you follow up because you do interact with people uh, in the in the in these situations, but in terms of the financial inequities, what do you think, or what do both of you think are a few of the misconceptions when it comes to inequities, when it pertains to gaining financial freedom? Obviously, right off the bat, we can you know we can say you know if people are at a certain poverty level, they automatically will think mentally, I can't do something because of their situation is. I can't save a thousand dollars a month because I'm in this situation. But if you, you know, we know if you, you know, you, you, you phrase it different, you can start small and work your way up and things of that nature. But I, I want to pose that question to you all to, to get us started yeah. is what do you think are some of the biggest misconceptions when it comes to uh, wage inequities and just, you know, starting the path of financial freedom and gaining financial independence uh, when it comes to people who are uh, affected by systemic uh systemic things so dr level we'll go to you first yeah so you know it's funny because it ain't all that funny but it's it's difficult because i think a lot of times the um the people that you see 
that are out there and really pressing the idea of, hey, you need to save. Hey, you need to invest. They're very, um, very much oriented to the uh, the individual and what it is that they can do um, regardless of their situation. And I think that's an important thing to recognize because at the end of the day, no matter what, no matter what puts you in this horrible place that you might be in, the reality is the only person that's actually going to get you out of that place is you, right? And, and, and it's unfortunate and in a lot of ways it's unfair, but it's the truth, right? And so then the question is, all right, but are we appropriately bringing the information and talking to people in ways that respect what it is that they're actually going through and then give them the opportunity to get ahead. And I think that right there is, is a, an important place that a lot of, uh, a lot of financial literacy educators can, can miss because they start, to, they start to think about the opportunities that are out there while ignoring some of the things that have made it difficult for folks. And so I will be the first one to tell you that, hey, especially if you're talking about Black folks in America, we didn't come here to own. We came here to be owned. And so all of this immigration story about coming here for a better life that almost every other immigrant has, right? That's not our story. For the most part, the African-Americans, the Black folks that you see here are ones who have at least somewhere down the line experienced uh, slavery and been imported to this place's property, okay? And the evolution of our ability to eventually own things and sort of command our own financial future has been a long and difficult one, right? It's had opposition at every turn, especially in the South. You can, you know, people think, I think when you start talking about misconceptions, people think, oh, well, a lot of Black folks just never tried to own anything. And what you see, if you look through history, is so many occurrences of people who who did own things, who were industrious, who pulled together, who did all of the stuff in terms of uh, of financial responsibility that they talk about in Kwanzaa. And then somehow the powers that be came and smashed down on those things that they were doing, blew them to bits and destroyed the opportunities that these folks had built up. Sometimes it, with extraordinary violence and terrorism to make it happen, right? So that other people would see how viciously these folks were treated and say, all right, well, I'll stay in my lane. That's what terrorism is about. That's what it's designed to do. So don't get it twisted. We are doing something. When you look at the overall arc of history, when it comes to this country, this is a revolutionary thing to talk to black people about getting ahead financially despite what has happened. And I say despite what has happened, but really in some cases it's still happening, right? There's still this brew of things that come to to stop or uh, to make it more difficult for Black folks. You, you, you still see um, companies getting sued for, uh, for giving Black folks one rate, and white folks a different rate. Like th these types of things are still rearing their ugly heads. And it makes it more difficult for black people to trust financial services companies, makes it more difficult for them to do the things that would fully um, allow them to participate in what is typically known as the American dream, at least as it comes to financials, right? And so I am sensitive to all of those things. 
And this is why it's it's imperative, at least when I think about it, for us to do the right and responsible thing with every opportunity and each dollar we get is an opportunity. Why? Because of the fact that all of the odds have been stacked against us. We can't really afford to do the things that might be wasteful in some ways to the degree that some can. And I'm not one, I'm not one of these austerity gospel people who are like, oh no, the only reason that you don't have anything is because you're drinking coffee and enjoying life. No, I'm saying you do have to prioritize these things that saving, investing, you need to be able to make decisions and know where you're trying to go so that you can start designing your path to actually get there and taking committed steps to move in that direction because it's not going to happen for you. And it's not, you know, the plan, the default plan that's there for Black people is not a good one. The things that our municipalities put forth for us, if you don't have a plan, well, what do you think is the plan for Black people who don't make financial plans and education plans to put themselves ahead? What things have they done as municipalities to pre- prepare for us? Have they have they set up things where we'll have jobs programs? They most certainly have. And where are those job programs located? In the penitentiaries, right? Exactly. So you need to recognize that if you don't have a plan, then there's a plan that is already in place for you, okay? It's the one hotel that we know we always have a reservation. And I would like for us to avoid putting ourselves in positions where we are more likely to be in one of those beds. And the things that make you more likely to do that are are all of these things that are wrapped around having less wealth. And so that's why you hear me harp on it. And that's how you hear me talk about it like it's extraordinarily important. And I'm not going to pretend that it's easy. And I'm not going to pretend that you're going to be able to do it without some opposition. I'm just going to tell you flat out, it's what you need to do. So that's my part on that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming to our talk about financial literacy. That's all you need to know (laughs) right there. Hey, as, as always, you always kick it off real, real, real proper like with that. And I know DJ is about to come through with, with, with more fire. Uh, but I do want to reiterate the point that you said is it's, it, it deserves to be put on a billboard. If you don't have a plan, there is one already in place for you. If you don't have a plan, there is one already in place for you. And that's very that's that, that's that's some very great foreshadowing for uh, a little bit later on in the conversation. Well, Mr. Wales, your, uh, your 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 take. Yeah, I mean, listen, so obviously Dr. Loving has uh, tremendous insight as always. For me, I kind of, I break things down into, uh, I try to do things in buckets. So for those who have had the opportunity to hear from us in the past, you'll hear me talk about empowerment, engagement, and execution. Tonight, I'm going to talk about three other things that I, I kind of view my life through a financial lens. But the first thing is when we're, when we're talking about as a culture, what needs to happen, I think Dr. Loving hits it on the head without a plan. Like you are your prey, you're, you're, you're on the table, right? So everyone else has a seat at the table and, and you're being served. So how do you avoid that? I think as a collective, we have to start meeting people where they are. Because oftentimes we want people to be where we are in our process, but we have to meet them where they are in their process. And that's important because 
we run into these situations on a continuum where, you know, let's say that I, I find myself uh, somewhat accelerated as it relates to uh, fi financial security or financial literacy. And when I have a conversation with a constituent or, or someone who either looks like me or doesn't, let's just say someone who's in an underserved community, I have to stop expecting that based on historical references that Dr. Loving uh, referenced, that they're gonna have the same type of footprint or background that I may have. I count myself uh, fortunate and I count myself privileged to have had the background that I have in terms of financial services, but also to have an upbringing where I actually grew up in a home where none of these things were sugarcoated to me. And I think, again, when we go back to previous seasons or episodes, we talk about things. Generationally, we have hid things from our children. Growing up, a lot of households around me may have said, hey, why are you telling that, that boy that he doesn't need to know what's going on in your household? I mean, it was critically important to my development that I understood fiscal responsibility as well as sacrifice. You know, without sacrifice, there is no progress. And so I started to begin to equate progress and sacrifice as one-to-one -one risk reward ratio, so to speak, right? So I started to understand that I would have to sacrifice something in order to gain something else. In government, we call that checks and balances. In many households, we don't get that. So I start there to simply say this, meet people where they are. They may not have that background or that footing under them, but that is a very simplistic way to begin to help them understand about the trade-offs that they have to make and what we in business would call the opportunity cost associated with decisions. So when I look at things, again, meeting people where they are for me means that I get to know you. I get to know your background. I get to understand the things that have been prohibited or prohibitive for you in terms of your decision-making matrix. And then I don't wanna control that. I only wanna influence it. I want to be a, a change agent or a catalyst, so to speak. I just wanna be a part of it. That, that, that person, when, I'm, when you're alone in a room, I want to be what you hear sitting on your shoulder saying, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? And then I put these things into three buckets in my life, right? And so for me, I think about these things in these ways. If I'm making a decision, it either is going to affect my liquidity, my longevity, or my legacy, right? So those three things, every decision I make is going to affect one of those three buckets. So when we think about liquidity, that is right now money. So my current immediate or cash balance, I'm making this decision, I'm gonna go out and buy this or purchase that, that's gonna affect my liquidity, cash on hand or immediately accessible cash, right? So that's the first decision matrix that I have to account for. The second one I have to account for is longevity. That means how does this affect my wife, my child and my lifestyle, right? And so those things have to come into play. And though these are quick things for me because I've learned to think in those ways. But then also then think about my legacy. How does this impact my ability to save and generate residual income or generational wealth? If you don't bucket your life into some form of those various buckets, you are 
you're wasting time, energy, money, and resources. Here's why. You can call the buckets what you want, but to have a process is important. I would encourage everyone to develop a process, one that you can follow. This is mine. If this works for you, great, adopt it. If it doesn't, call it something else, but bucket things out. You're either doing one or three things. You're earning, saving, or spending. It is no, there's no other fancy or beautiful way to say it. And when I say saving, that could be investing, earning, or doing whatever, but you're either earning, saving, or spending. And because it's as simple as that, it becomes complicated. Because more than more times than not, you look at life in a in a from a matrix of what I have to do. Well, what you have to do is create a lifestyle where there is more money at the end of your month than there is month at the end of your money. And if you can do that, you then create a cascade effect of compounding interest. I have a mentor, two mentors, Mr. James Vassar, Mr. Donnie Somerville. We talk about the power of compounding interest, right? And so by having more money at the end of your month, meaning live below your means, below your income level, you're then able to start to save, even if it's small incremental amounts, compounding interest if you look at what Albert Einstein defines it as, he says that those who understand it, it works for them. Those that don't, it works against them. And we see that every day in our communities, bad credit, you go out and buy a car, you pay for that car three times, bad credit, you go out and you need a home. You can't get a home without PMI and a, and a ton of other things attached to it. And so we end up paying more for the same things that our constituents pay for. How do, we, how do we effectively combat that? We meet people where they are and we help them understand how to go simply from point A to point B. The best time, AJ, to plant a tree was 20 years ago. So do you not plant a tree? No, you plant a tree today because the next best time is today. So if you haven't started, you're not late, is never too late, but you have to start to be great. You can never be great until you start. And so one of the biggest things that we have to overcome in our community is this mindset that if we haven't done it, it can't be done. It is better to have a lofty goal and land much further forward than you would have otherwise been, as opposed to never set a goal at all and remain stagnant because I think we all know on this call and for those that are listening, inflation has a way of punishing you. So if you don't get started, inflation sets in and the opportunity cost that you have today continues to rise, 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 but you stay here. This is what you're doing to your family. You're here now and this is the gap. This gap can be easily closed with a decision. Indecision does this, no decision, no decision, no decision, no decision. And I hope that that visual explanation gives you some type of understanding that the fact of the matter is you need to get mad, M-A-D. Make a decision, simply make a decision that you want better 
plug into the resources that you have in front of you in terms of the brethren and let us help you do that. So again, we want to meet you where, where you are. We want to provide resources to you and no one is going to talk down to you. And I think that's another thing that we have to get beyond. There's no need to criticize folks who didn't know any better. There's no reason to criticize folks that didn't have access to information. What we need to do is be conduits to information and we need to be vessels to help reach back and lift people up as we begin to grow and expand. There is a concept that says that exposure leads to expansion. And I'm a big proponent of that. The more that we can expose our community, the more our community will expand. And I, for one, want to be a catalyst for that. Thank you, Brother Wells. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for us here at the Bridgeman Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, man, I don't, you know, we always, we always joke and laugh about how organically our conversations come about. And disclaimer for everybody here who is new to us and what we do with, with our platform. We, within 24 to 48 hours, we create a topic and then we show up. That's it. Then none of this is planned. Um, the only thing that I have written down are the three points that we're, we're, we're focusing on, which is decision-making, good habits, and goal setting. And throughout Destrian's uh, speech just then, <laughs> I got to call it a speech, uh, I, I, you know, throughout his freestyle, you heard him emphasize how much decisions, how impactful decisions are. So let's let's really focus in on our our first uh, point, if you will, because, you know, just like a, mm-hmm. just like a Baptist preacher, we got, look, I got three points. I get three points. I'm going to get out your way. You know, <laughs> what'd you say, DJ? I'm going to be gone. And I'm going to be gone. I'm going to be gone. <laughs> so point number one, let's talk about decision-making. Um, we see, we see the memes. Hey, stop drinking Starbucks coffee. You know, put that, put that $17 a cup. Uh, Starbucks to the side and, you know, change your life. Start an LLC, change your life. Start a business, change your life. But the biggest part of that conversation that is always missing because we live in a world that is 150 characters or less <sighs> is what it truly takes to do that, accomplish it, and maintain it. The biggest thing that uh, DJ and I, we, we have this conversation. I'm pretty sure we, we have it outside, you know, with, with when and, and Doc has it, especially in financial planning. It's, if I don't have the tools and the skills necessary to even start, then I'm pretty much guaranteed that I don't have the tools to maintain it. Right. I can show you right now, hey, here's how to make a million dollars. But if you have no financial literacy at all, you will do with that million dollars what most people who don't have financial literacy will do. You'll go buy a bunch of flashy things, fancy things. You'll loan out a lot of money, throw money into the wind, you know, trying out a couple of investment ideas. Some of them might hit. It might last, but it's not going to affect that third L that Destrian talked about, which is legacy. Yeah. We see we see that there's a television show or it used to be a television show that was solely dedicated to following up with lottery winners who have nothing left. That's the America. That's the country. That's the world we live in, where there is a show that goes and finds people and said, hey, you got an opportunity to make literally hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars instantly. What have you done with it? Show us and tell us how you squandered it away. Yeah. 
I, I think your point instantly is the point, man. Like, so anything, you know, y'all, you remember, okay, I went to church a lot. I got a good, I did, man. My stepdad's a minister and my mom was on the, uh, on the trustee board and I was in church every day. Like we, we had meetings all the time and Bible studies and all that. But I, I remember a verse with, you know, they took our savior up to the, Satan took him up to the highest mountain and said, I'll give you all this, all this. It'd be yours right now, right? Now, you know, Jesus had the wherewithal to recognize that within time, all of it was, right? It's all his. But he had to, after being starved and hungry and all that, still recognize that it is a trap to tell you you're going to get something for nothing and get it right now. Okay. And so that is the difficult thing, I think, sometimes for for people, especially in the society we live in right now, where everything seems like it's happening so fast, right? You see people who are um are stars in uh reality shows and other things, and it's like, oh, they didn't have seem to have skills, they didn't do anything. Next thing you know, they put the right video out, they got the right uh uh, um, viewership. Next thing you know, they driving a Bentley, right? That's what they, sometimes people can 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 get that in their heads, and so they don't start taking things step by step. Where it's like, okay, let me look at where I am right now, right, and the habits that I have right now, and where it is I want to be in the future, and think about what things I'm going to need to do to get there. What are the habits that I'm going to have to cultivate? So Destrian mentioned one in terms of living beneath your means. It's difficult when you are coming from an environment where every dime you made, your parent, you know, every dime your parents made, they spent. Well, then you went to college, even, you know, even for those of us that went to college and you didn't have any extra money in college, right? Most of the folks were dead, broke, running. So you've been broke. You don't understand that your entire life you have been cultivating brokenness. And you don't, you're like, oh, that sounds terrible, right? But you have though, right? You, you've been cultivating brokenness. It's not as though, it's not because you're a bad person, right? It's not even a decision that you made. And I think that's an important point to recognize. It's because of the environment that you grew up in and the fact that in many cases, especially among Black households, we're income oriented, right? If you got a job and you can pay all your bills, then you're doing great. If you got a better job, then you can have bigger bills and you can do better. That's the way in which people conceive of our economy and money. It is a an income oriented or uh, sort of orientation rather than a wealth oriented one. And that's not just because of us, right? We, we were lucky to be able to, to make an income in the first place, considering the fact that we had, we got none of that for hundreds of years, right? And then still now, our incomes are stunted in comparison to, uh, to, to the majority population, just things you need to recognize, right? And so when, if you're a Black person, you talk about starting a business, and I love our, our elders, I do. I love them. But if you start talking about uh, starting a business and you, the next sentence is quitting a good job, quit a good, good job. You're going to quit that good job. When I quit my good job to go to school to get that PhD, you already got schooling, boy. You don't want to be, you don't want to, you don't want to, you know, work for the government. 
You don't want right. that county, that good city or that county good. job. G-O-O-D-T. Good job. That's a you got a good and you can you and you gonna quit that good. You know how many people want that good job when you can pay the bills that you have? And so for you to be to make that decision to say, yeah. I am going to think about what it is that I can do with the the resources and the assets and the human capital that I have to own and grow and, 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 and make something different for myself that I will be able to direct is an act that is different than a lot of people who came up before you have. Now, that's not everybody because there's a lot of people who come from Southern backgrounds where they were all about owning stuff, right? They right. saw that, you know, the people who owned were the ones who ran things, but I'm just saying there's a lot of us who have that have that within our background that makes it difficult for uh for you to to say hey it's a it's a thing where you're breaking away almost from tradition when you say i'm not thinking about uh the next job i'm thinking about what's the next thing i'm going to own to be able to leverage things to get up to that next place where i can leave the legacy that i want to leave and leave the imprint that i want to leave okay and so decision making is an important part of this whole process because you have to be able to recognize what it is that you want and then what you're going to do Right. That's the deal. What you want now, what you're going to do, because if you don't, if you can, if you never even decide what it is that you want and you never even start to think about it, like I said, there's a plan for you. But if you start <laughs> to say, this is what I want, this is where I want. I want to own an automobile dealership. OK, now what's the next step? Maybe I need to jump in the business. Maybe I need to get a gig that's in the automobile in- industry so I can start to learn about it, make the right connections, figure out how much I need to save, figure out the financing I'm going to need, figure out how my credit is going to need to look and, and start to live my life in accordance with what I actually have decided I right. want to do. You see, right. but right. until you make that decision, Making that action is going to be difficult. And I think a lot of times you see people doing, doing so much, doing, ah, I'm going to go, I'm going to own this, I'm going to do this. And you're, you are confusing, you're confusing activity with productivity, oh, man. right? If you haven't made, if you haven't started to think about what it is that you actually want, you're doing a whole bunch of stuff, right? I'm doing everything. Okay. It's yielding you there anything, you though. There you go. So, there Doc, let go. me... Let me jump in with you, right? So, um, uh, one of the biggest things that 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 I that I really see is that for a lot of people, they see a means to an end by following a very structured path, and they think that if I do this the way that Destrian did it, AJ did it, Doc did it, it's going to give me the same results. No. That's not the case. Everyone has to travel their own road, and that's why I said meet people where they are. So for me, I'll just speak about me, right? And I think I can speak relatively about us. I believe in ownership. And when I started my corporate career, um, I did my I did my first interview and I was interviewing for an accelerated program for for uh, for this uh, management training program. Well, Destrian, where do you see yourself in 10 years? And the first thing I said is not working for you. And they said, that's exactly what we want. And it was crazy because I want you to understand that they know that they only have you for a prescribed amount of time if you are a high-level talent. They expect to lose their best talent. 
companies, if, 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 if anyone can follow me on this, companies look at their best talent as a NCAA, NCAA basketball team. We know that we're going to recruit. We want to recruit the best and brightest, and we're going to lose them within one to three, maybe maximum four years. Most people change jobs in the first one to three years. A larger amount change in one to five. And there's a law of diminishing returns in terms of your future earnings if you don't leave within your first five to seven years. Listen, I can raise my hand as a representative. I've been at my firm almost 15 years now. Six promotions later and three times the income that I started with, had I left, I could probably be in another situation. But there are also some trade-offs that come with that. I wanted to own some things. And so I traded more money from a corporate standpoint to own businesses of my own because I have some equity in my job, right? And we can talk about and flush that out a little bit later, AJ, but the reason why I'm bringing that up is I looked at the opportunity to work in corporate as a long-term internship, okay? You don't own me into perpetuity. This is, you know... Um, involuntary servitude or whatever, that's over with. This is a long-term internship. We're exchanging a skill for a fee. You're investing in me. I'm giving back to you, so on and so forth. And it's been a mutually beneficial relationship, but I've always looked at it as a long-term internship that is training me and developing me to continue to own brands of my own. And so collectively, the people that you see tonight own brands together. Respectively, we own brands apart. And then even in conjunction with other business partners who look exactly like us, I am HBCU, I see you. We own brands beyond. The reason why that's important is you can go and have what our elders would quote unquote say, go and have that good job. What you want to do is internalize the skill set. You want to diversify yourself and learn everything you can about running business and what it takes to be strategic partners and not just friends. You want to fully ingrain yourself into that environment. So when it's time for you to run your own entity, you know how to do that top to bottom. And so many people do this. They put themselves in a box. You cannot allow that to happen to you. This is an older episode, right? You cannot allow yourself to be put in a box. You have to become the elasticity that holds corporate entities together. And once you become that, you're able to expand and contract regardless of the situation and you're able to survive things. That gives you the wherewithal to then go out and be on your own. Let's say you don't want to go out and be on your own. That's fine too. Because we're not saying that you have to follow one path. Ownership also means taking onus of your career and your destiny. If you want to become the executive vice president, then you go after that. Own your career. Fire your manager and hire your manager as your new leader. There's a difference. Okay. Financial literacy is not limited to just a financial portion, there's a relationship portion that is correlated one-to-one with your economic well-being. Relationships matter as much as money. It is the oxygen that you breathe in terms of 
getting to the next level. Your relationships dictate every opportunity that you will ever get. Your talent only gets you looked at. Your relationships get you to the next level. And if you want to achieve financial freedom and as a part of financial literacy, you need to understand networking and relationships. And that is a keen part of the equation that we tend to forget. We excel greatly at jobs. We, 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 we're, we're better than our counterparts. What do we lack? The relationship that gets us across the finish line. I come in early, I stay late. What do I lack? The relationship. Well, I'm much better at this, I'm much better at that. I tested higher. What do you lack? The relationship. We have to hone in on the relationship piece, but we have to do so without allowing the performance to slip. That is the key to our ongoing success. Finding balance between what we have and what we need. Sometimes we're overcompensating in areas that we don't have to. Your performance is already out of the parks. Take some of that time that you're spending on performance and build relationships. Be able to walk through the door and know people on a first name basis. Not just the CEO. Start with the secretary, the security, the janitorial staff, trust me, they hold more weight than you can ever imagine. And how you treat those people are going to determine how you're treated throughout your entire organization. And so many of us forget, again, we talked about it earlier, meeting people where they are. You have no idea how often the janitorial staff is there late cleaning up and that chief executive is getting ready to leave or burning the midnight oil, and that person has an opportunity to say, you know, I talk to AJ every day. He speaks to me. He knows my son's birthday. He knows how long I've been at this company. He even knew the fact that I was out sick last week. He's a really great guy. That person doesn't know you have an interview next week. You need to be present in rooms that no one knows that you're going into. You have to have, you know, your name precede you and your reputation go before you. And that's not always the people who have a vested interest in benefiting from your, your game. Sometimes it's the people who have no idea that their words and action can impact your life. I say that to say this, be careful how you, pe how you treat people that you feel that you've grown beyond because it's those same people that can reach up and pull you just a little bit back to let you know that you haven't gone much further than you think you are. And remember that objects in your rearview mirror are always closer than they appear to be. Yeah, I think. So, you know, so basically, so basically real quick, what, what, what DJ is trying to say is people over things <laughs> we, we were going to get was, there anyway i was i we was, was going to get there I was i'm waiting because that. we we've we've been here yeah far longer than it should take us i know usually get i get there a lot faster right you yeah. you do doc i, do. I was hey, I do. look normally I, I get there a lot faster but look like but saturday was, night live your opening monologue didn't mention your catchphrase so i know right people that over is, things man. i know that that is weird but you know it's funny because i think a lot of times people talk about 
freedom and they think about walking away from jobs. And, and, and Destry and I, and I both know this individual, and he is a free, free person in terms of every day he goes to work, his decision to go there is a decision he made that morning. If he woke up and decided that he didn't want to do it anymore, he has enough money to actually never come back in and be fine. And he tells people that too. And I think that whole mutual understanding of, hey, I've done the things that I need to do, put away the, uh, save the way I needed to save and invest it with those savings, the way that I needed to invest them so that if I needed to walk away today from this job, my lifestyle, my, the way I live with my wife, our second home in the beautiful area, none of that's going to change. Right. That is possible. Even if you never work for yourself. Okay. And so it's, it's important to recognize it's not about just, you know, working for yourself, that can be a, a, a thing you aspire to, but it's about making sure that your money works for you in the way that it should so that you can, you know, as hard as you work for it, you know, your money does not need to sleep. Your money does not need to take breaks. Your money does not have to eat, right? And so you can have your money working far harder for you than you've ever had to work for it. And that is a part of financial literacy. And this is, you know, it's not the immediate saving and making sure that you're living beneath your means deal, but these are the things that I want you to recognize so that it's a part of your overall long-term, your overall long-term strategy, because that right there is where the magic happens. When he talks about compound interest, it's in those types of uh, opportunities, owning stocks and owning uh, companies. You know, when you own a company, you own a stock in a company. Now, all those people who work for that company work for you, right? right. They get up every day, get on 10 toes on Wall Street and get to busting that hunt for you. The same way that you got up and worked for your money to be able to buy that stock, those people are always working for you. And they have entire staffs of people whose job it is to make sure that that company is always doing what it needs to do to make itself more profitable. And who are they beholden to? They will you. always say this, the shareholders. And it that's who you. you are when you, right. when you have saved and, and invested, okay? And so it's about thinking in that ownership sort of uh, mentality, right? It, that, that gets you there, regardless of what you, type of work that you do on a daily basis. It's about what you do with the resources that you have and the money that you have to allow that to work for you. So it's, it, it is more nuanced, I think, than a lot of people, you know, people, oh, you want to work for yourself. Not necessarily. If you're a lawyer and you like the company, the firm that you're with, you don't, you don't necessarily have to change and start your own firm to be uh, wealthy over time. Take those excess, uh, those excess, uh, wages and earnings that you're making and let that money work for you okay right. and then you know 10 years or 15 years later you'll be in a position where you know if you want to go to another firm you can if you want to start your own, another firm you can wealth is about options having right. wealth gives you options if you spend all that money that you have from that great high earning job then guess what now you're back into a matter. corner you got to yeah. come there every day Right. Just, no matter just, what. And you scared anytime something happens where they might say, <laughs> oh, my God, we don't like a Jamu anymore. Oh, you in the you in the restroom. 
lifting your feet up, trying to listen to what folks talking about. You know, you the pandemic happens, and now, and now you and now you now you're worried because you oh, don't understand man, you where your position is. Your life is worry all the time. You're writing down your expenses on a yellow pad and looking at your income, and you're like, how come? It well, never seems like the income is real quick. In, in the expenses match. I want to come to you, AJ. You I want to come to you because what Doc is talking about. See, that's high level, bro. Right? You know, <laughs> you're, you're high level, bro. I, look, still- I was just about to say, we we live in a in a world where people think when you say the word broke and you live in paycheck to paycheck, you down here, you down <laughs> somewhere else. No, I'm with, that's exactly why I'm coming. Making, yeah. Six figures who are living. Oh, listen, they're high level. Paycheck. They're high level broke, and and, and mm-hmm. so what? What high level broke looks like is, I am living at the very top of my salary bracket, and that's why we talk about living below your means. If look, if you make one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, you probably need about a seventy five, eighty thousand dollars lifestyle, because after taxes, <laughs> let me tell you. You ain't got 150. You, you, you got about 110, 117 if you have an LLC or you have some pass-through. And so what are you saving if you have a lifestyle where you're at the very top of your tax bracket? So without even going into all of that, what I would say is this. You, you want to avoid being high-level broke. You want to avoid being low-level broke. It is, it is the same principle on a more... Um, a more luxurious scale. And I think it's sometimes even more dangerous to the person who has a little bit more uh, runway in front of them because they're gonna take that too. And that is the danger in it because it's habit forming. So what I wanted to talk to you about AJ, you've talked a little bit about this in the past and I want you to kind of dive into it. We talk about, or you specifically talk about the fact that, listen, it doesn't matter how much money I make. I know what I'm going to spend. I know how I'm going to live. And I am not influenced by what other people are doing because I make purchases and I invest in my lifestyle. So you have two choices. You can invest in products or you can invest in people, right? And what AJ has told me is that I invest in things that combine those two, things that I enjoy. So can you talk a little bit about how you make investments and how you remain financially sound in the midst of earning additional money from your various streams of income, um, having a growing income from the things that we may collectively do together? How do you keep yourself sound and what do you look for in investments? Because I think that when we think about the... uh, I hate to use the word average because some people take offense to that, but the average person is doing much better than mass America. And I think we need to start understanding that as well. But the average person is looking for an investment. The person that says, I'm going to work every day. I'm paying my bills. I'm being responsible. I don't know how to invest. We get these questions all the time. We typically say invest in your lifestyle. Well, what does that mean? Can you talk a little bit about that? But more importantly, how do you keep yourself from living beyond your means, even as you have these various residual sets of income? So, yeah, and (laughs) this organic thing that that we got going between us, man, it's it's beautiful, man. Look, (laughs) I want to bottle it and sell it because 
you all always do such an amazing job of organically fleshing out these topics that literally lead into the next thing. Um, so the next point after decision-making is of course, good habits. So obviously we, we, we've talked about decision-making. The first decision would obviously be to start having some good habits. It takes uh, how many days? I can't remember. It's 21, yeah, 21. 21 days, so 21 days to, uh, to form a new habit. I, I would go further to say it takes two months to instill that habit within yourself. Because you can focus on doing it for, for three weeks straight. And you, you, you do it for three weeks, and then after that, you can kind of become lax. So you got to really focus in on it for, for an extended period of time for it to become second nature. Second nature being when you wake up in the morning, most people, first thing they do is go straight to the bathroom to handle their business, brush their teeth. It happens. You don't, you don't second guess it. Breathing, it happens. You don't tell yourself to breathe. It happens. So when I talk about habits, good habits, I want it to be almost like breathing where it's as soon as it happens, my mind clicks into place. So one of the things that I do for myself is whenever I feel like frivolously spending money, I reason with myself. I sit myself down at a table in my mind and I say, should I buy these shoes? How much are these shoes? How much does the stock of these company of this company cost compared to these shoes? Because something that I'm recently starting to implement with myself is I've, and this is by no means uh, financial advice. This is a disclaimer that, you know, we, uh, DJ, DJ, go ahead. Every effort has been made to represent the product and service that we offer. No financial guarantees <laughs> have been made in the presentation of this information. Um, your ability to earn uh, is contingent upon your ability to follow the information and capitalize upon it. By saying which, you can listen to this information, but at the end of the day, results may vary and no guarantees have been made. <laughs> it's all on you. So here's one of the things that I do. I am now honing in on a plan, if you will, and we'll get to what, you know, the significance of a plan, we get to the four P's, but um, I want these companies to pay for what I want from them. I want some shoes from Nike. I want Nike's dividends to pay for my shoes. I want a Tesla. I want my dividends, my gains from Tesla to pay for my Tesla. I drink, I don't drink soda, but if I'm drinking soda, I want, give me one second, gentlemen. I'm drinking soda. I want my dividends from Coca-Cola to pay for my six pack, my 12 pack. I drink beer. I want my, I want my dividends from, from InBev to pay for my 12 packs every day. I mean, every, every week or whatever. That's the mindset that I'm, that I'm, that I'm, the strategy that I'm putting into place is, Companies, when you own a piece of the company, they're going to pay you. Most of them do. They, it's called dividend stocks. Write that down. Let's get into some good habits. You want to start investing? Start investing in dividend stocks. We're in the middle of a panorama. Pandemic, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> it's a panoramic pandemic, huh? Whatever it is. It's, <laughs> it's, it's everywhere. It's, 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 it's across the board. <laughs> I have made money in the pandemic. I'm blessed. I'm privileged. I understand that. During this pandemic, one of the things that we all have committed to is to becoming even more of open, free-flowing sources of information, which is the reason why we're doing this here right now. And like DJ said, we get a lot of the question of, 
I, the, the intrigue is there. The decision has been made on the behalf of a lot of people, whereas I want to invest. I want to create generational wealth. I want the old story to start with me and the new story to also start with me. I want to finish this book off that said our family, our legacy normally does this. I'm finishing that book, close it. And now I'm writing a brand new book that says this is the path that we set forward. It may not necessarily affect me. And I think that's the thing that a lot of us have. We have to get the decision past that. I may not become a millionaire in my lifetime, but I guarantee you, and this is what I know now, my child is rich. Thanks. I guarantee you that. She my girl, pay, baby. Hey, listen, I pay. I pay a fee monthly to make sure that when I leave, yeah. she is straight. Yeah, Dallas now, get blessed too, bro. Now, he, listen, all look, all of us, look, we ain't got look. We ain't got the question. Yeah. I ain't got the question either one of y'all. Nah. But that's the decision that we've made. I will forego whatever it is. My decision, my good habit is, hey, instead those of me two, buying... Those two nights at the bar. It's only two, two nights. nights at the bar. That's it. Two nights at the insurance. bar. So we're talking about life insurance. That's, 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 that's one of the easiest, simplest things you can do to change your, your narrative when it comes to the third L, which is legacy. Right. It can also affect your second L, which yeah, is longevity. longevity. Yes, sir. So you you can not you can you can affect two of the L's just by simply getting life insurance. Now you got a myriad of options out there. You got plenty of different companies, different levels, different amounts. GoFundMe ain't it. Thank you. Yeah, bro. Yeah, I mean, GoFundMe. Yeah. GoFundMe is a crowdfunding platform that was initially created for strictly charity basis. For companies and, and organizations that do not have 501c3 designations, mm-hmm. and it was the alternative to Kickstarter, which was specifically for up-and-coming businesses that needed capital to invest in and grow. That ain't life insurance. But we've gotten to a place where it is common nature for someone to leave us, and immediately, within 20 minutes, a GoFundMe place has been started, probably by not even by that person's family. No, it's it's typically that. So, AJ, if, if b- b- before you baptize everybody, let, Go ahead. Let, let me let me say this, and then Doc, please by all means wrap us up uh, or, or or wrap wrap this in a nice bow because yeah. I'm not sure how uh, how kind I can be. So, when we think about, you know, we're calling this an intro to financial literacy. If you do have a notepad, there's a few things that I want you to understand. And Dr. Loving can um, bring it home from a PhD perspective. The first thing, the very first thing that you need to do, family, create a budget. Like find a way to create a budget. Figure out what are you doing with your money. And I know it seems so constricted. And I was very much against this myself. I'm a person, I know what I'm doing, my money, I know where my money's going. You will be surprised how much money you waste on things. Just create a budget, just see where your money is going. Not for only yourself, if you're in a relationship and you think that relationship is going somewhere, do it with, do it with your significant other. It does. Don't wait until it's your spouse. And Dr. Lovey can expound <laughs> on that very soon. Don't, 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 don't wait. Understand habits because habits, again, can be shaped, formed, not necessarily broken, 
but they can be amended. Realigned. Okay. Re- there you go. Realigned is a better word. They can be realigned with what your goals are. One of the things I was going to say earlier is that so many of us don't understand our why. If you can tap into your why, everything else becomes fairly easy. Why do I need to change? Why do I need to save? Why do I need to invest? Why do I need to think about financial literacy? If you've never had a why, your why has to be bigger than any excuse you have. It has to be bigger. It has to be more important. It has to be more prevalent. It has to be, it has to beat your mind up more than any excuse that you can have. This why has to be your burning desire. For me, my why um, is my wife, my son, my family, and the people that you see on this call and my, my other business partners. My why extends beyond me. So I don't have a selfish why. You see, I used to have one. I just need to get to a certain number. That goal is a lonely one. And it's one that you can easily attain. But once you get there, who have you helped? Uh-huh. Who have you let me, helped? Let me, let, me, let me interject real quick. Go ahead. One of the easiest things for, for, for us to do, and, and, and I speak, you know, from a, from a previous point in life, and DJ's coming from that previous point where it was, when we was first starting out in corporate America and we were single, oh, money, 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 money. Listen. Same you spend, you given. All the time. Yes. I look, I look, I look back on things that I did and I hindsight will always be 2020 for you. Always. It will always be. It always. will be crystal clear, HD 4K 8K. Because you will look at the 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 money that you squandered because of bad habits. I had a bad habit of going out every Friday night. I could have taken 25% of what I was spending on a Friday night, put it into an IRA. And I'd be rich right now. Well, and when see, I say rich, I mean hold on. So you didn't have a rich. bad habit. What you had was different. I needed to realign. I needed to the, realign. The realignment comes with the responsibilities. And that's True. where that's where when we talk about this, and I and, and write this down, people, experience is the most expensive teacher that you can ever have. And the fact of the matter is, had we listened, myself and AJ included. Uh, I'm sure Dr. Loving can attest to this. Had we listened to the experience of others who had traveled this way, the situations that we would have found ourselves in would be much more beneficial. Look, but look, Doc, Doc, Doc was born. Doc was born good with money, man. He looked. No, no see, here's the problem. <laughs> golden, golden I, I, child. I was, I was born with absolutely no excuses, and here's the, <laughs> here's the problem. So all the ignorance that you know, there's ignorance uh, where you don't know because bliss. you don't. Well, you don't know because no, there's no one there to tell you. Now, my father's a financial advisor and has yeah. been for most of my life. I knew all of the times that I was messing up, and I was, and I still did it. All right, I'm, I, it, like I said, it wasn't ignorance; it was ignorance. I was enjoying myself. Right, right. I it wasn't throwing like handfuls of money in a club was stupid, care. but it was fun. All right. Listen. In terms, of, people like, oh, okay. Well, what type of stock and all? It don't. It don't take all that. You don't have to be. You don't have to be knowledgeable. What you need to be is organized. When we talk about decision making and saying that you want to go to a go to a place, you don't have to. 
think your way through all of the spending decisions. No, this is why budget is powerful. You look at what it is that you've spent before. You get to decide. You don't have to say, I'm never going to go to a club. You get to decide how much you get to spend on clubs, how much you get to spend on vacations, how much you get to spend. Everybody, oh, I bet I can't spend it all. No, you can't spend it all or else you're going to be broke. This is the whole point, right? So now it's about organizing and respecting yourself and what it is that you want to accomplish enough to prioritize yourself. And then you can automate all of this. You don't have to decide what to spend. It's already been shifted into another account. Now you don't have to worry about it because the balance isn't there. So if you like me and you get to scratch and like, man, that's money there, right? You don't have to worry about the money being there because you've already prioritized and put the money in the places where it needs to go. You don't have to count on your own discipline and sit there with a Twinkie on your chest and not eat it. That's, I would, ne- I would never set myself up for such folly. I know what's going to happen. You put the hey. Twinkie next to me and the cognac with it, the Twinkie going down and the cognac. Cognac following it. Yeah, I'm not going to be like, oh, well, how does this fit into my caloric intake? No, I got to have the, I need to have my meals in a position where I'm getting the things. Have you ever seen the people who are fitness um, professionals? And it's like, man, they eat good all the time, but they still get these boxed meals and they organize precisely what they're going to eat, precisely what they're going to drink, when they're going to eat it, when they're going to drink it. And, and, and it's a system. They're not even thinking about it. The food is there. Boom. Eat, shovel that in, go lift. That is what's happening when you've prioritized and decided. This is where I'm going to go. This is what I want to accomplish. And you, you're not leaning on your momentary, uh, will I be disciplined at this point? Will I feel like it at that point? No, no, no. We're not dealing with your, your motivation at any moment. We're dealing with you deciding that this is where we're going to go and you putting into place a system that's going to make you successful. Some people are savers. Some people are spenders. A budget can work for all of them. Some of those savers need to get out, get to stick out the button, enjoy themselves sometimes, especially right. with you with a spender. And every time that person enjoys themselves and comes in with a new bag, every new person ain't an irresponsible purchase. Right. right? Mm-hmm. I don't want my wife out there with no raggedy bag. There, I said it. That's right. <laughs> I would like my wife's purses to look good. Because you have a regular You'll have a raggedy wallet before she have a raggedy bag. My wallet is raggedy, but it's it should my be. That means, it be. that means it's worn down with money. <laughs> right. But what, what I look like having my wife right. out there, you know what I mean? We get people come up with all this, oh, well, you don't need to have. See, the way to get rich is to not never have nothing. No, that's no, not, no, 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 that's right. not so, it. I'm, I'm not talking, so I'm not saying that's what you No, no, said. I know. I know what you're but, saying. So let me just talk to the people. Let me just pour my let me hoard my money and not enjoy the things right. that money gives because what we no, gotta understand it's not about like money is money is money is a tool right. it's not That's a saving it. grace yeah. i can say i can have a million dollars under my mattress right now and it does me no good because i can't Listen. do anything with it until i spend it so so if i just got it i just got it and all i can say is oh i got it but it doesn't so, benefit me you need so your money right. to benefit you so aj let me I'm not, let me look at the time. I know we're coming up on time, but let me lean in and just talk about this. I'm, I'm watching you on time, bro. Let me, let me, let me lean in really quickly, right? So this whole idea that cash is king and, you know, we got to 
make sure that we have this cash reserve. Listen, a few things, practical things, right? So financial literacy, what do we need to do to change the trajectory? Let's talk about this broadly. Number one, you need to get a grasp on what you spend. And it's, it's, it's troubling to someone. This is like going to the doctor. You know, black men don't like going to the doctor. Um, this is like that for finance. Get a get an idea about what you're spending. You need to know. Even if you have to do it privately, if you need a budget, hit us up. Um, we'll shoot a budget out to you. It, it, it encapsulate every it encapsulates everything. But you need to know what you're spending. The second thing you need to do is where can you achieve cost savings? So for us personally, in my household, look, Starbucks ruled the day. You know, my wife. Starbucks every day, and but I had to take accountability for some things too. Look, if I'm gonna go to the bar and meet up with my boys three, four times a week, I could pencil myself in for $100 a meetup because I'm gonna grab two or three rounds, they're gonna grab two or three rounds. And by the time you get out of there, you know, everybody's 120 down. So if I do that three, four times a month, I can, like you said earlier, AJ, you can easily enhance the life insurance, which is more important. I can go buy a bottle and invite you to my house and we can sit out on the deck and turn some music on. It's all good. You, you have to readjust, as AJ said, realign. It doesn't mean you enjoy a lesser quality of life. It means that you understand what your priorities are. So I would encourage folks to, to realign. The second thing is, where is your emergency fund? Because we're, you're arguing about money. The first emergency that comes up, you can't address. Most emergencies start at $500 to $1,000. You need to have your emergency fund set up. So you need to have that. In all actuality, you need three to six months of savings put up for your emergency fund. So if you don't have that, let's start working on that. Outside of that, let's also talk about the fact that because we want our entire checks to ourselves, and we do not want anything coming out. We're not saving in our 401ks, which means that we're giving up free money. Whatever your employer match is, you should be saving at least that amount, at least that amount, right? Come on, at least that amount. And then outside of that, you know what? If you want to get creative and say, they're only going to match me 3%, save three, but then take another two to 3% and do what author is saying. What do you invest in, in terms of lifestyle? If you spend money at Nike, you should own Nike. If you spend money with Mercedes-Benz, you should own stock in Mercedes-Benz. Every one of my friends that are listening to this, even if you have a Samsung device, you also have an iPad. I know you own Apple. Find a way to find a mutual fund. Hear me. A mutual fund that owns Apple. Even if you can't afford to buy the shares of Apple, find a mutual fund that owns Apple and buy it. Find one that owns or, or ETF, Facebook, Apple, Uber, F find something. Come on, man. Like there's too much information at our fingertips to continue to be victims of not being investors. If you're not investing, you are losing. Hear me clearly. If you're not investing, you're losing. You're behind. Your kids are behind. My mentor says, what affects the quality of education that your children can have? What impacts 
the quality of air that your children breathe. Income. You should be investing. Simple investing changes your scenario and your situation over time. There's no but way DJ, around it. But Talk DJ, but DJ, Doc, AJ, I, I come from right? I come from a legacy of people, and I'm not speaking for me. I'm speaking hypothetically. I come from a legacy mm-hmm. of people who are impoverished. Yeah. How do I change I, that? I think it's. Let me tell you. Let me. So let, let, hold on, real quick, Doc, and I'm gonna throw it to you. Uh-huh. So this is where the decision making comes in place. Number one, as soon as somebody steps to you with, "Hey, you know, let's let's look at some investing. Let's look at budgeting." But I come from people make a decision, get mad, or make a decision. What are you going to do? Are you going to continue to rely on your excuse or will you make small changes, small realignments to your habits to, to change it? We're not saying, hey, you living in the projects, your mama lived in the projects, your grandma lived in the projects, and all you got to do is stop drinking Starbucks and going to the club and you'll be rich. No, realign yourself, make certain decisions, create good habits around the things that are beneficial for you. We all like flashy things. Doc said it. I want to buy my wife a Gucci purse, some red bottoms and all that, but guess what I found out? For the, the price red of bottoms Gucci hurt. Purse, the red bottoms hey, hurt. Hey, one thing we did find out is they're not comfortable shoes. Second thing I found out is for the price of a Gucci purse, I can buy two or three shares of the company that owns Gucci. Guess what and I give did it from to that? her. And give yeah, it to her. And oh, give it to her. That's coming up, brother. But, but listen, here's that's the thing, though. I'm going back you, to what you, you asked Gucci. about. I got you. Five shots coming. Bro, but y'all, y'all to your, to to your start, question. Y'all trying to start strife and people with no relationships No, 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 no. No strife. No, no strife. But Doc, but Doc, peep game. Alternatives. The, Realignment. Every, everything that he asked, does it or does it not go back to, is your why big enough? Oh yeah, no, no, no. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that. Uh, in terms of what's happening, she wants the bag. Not, not everything she is always. The bag, go- but you got her to stop. Now there's a problem. I was gonna say. I don't know that this can always house. be appreciated. I'm very careful about overpromising. Now, I, well, my point is this: like, Destiny, you just said it though. You said not in your house because y'all have had that conversation. Yeah. Y'all have had that understanding. Yeah. So that's another, that's that decision making. If you are in a relationship, and like Desha said before, if you are in something that, a relationship period, whether it's with your mama, <laughs> your, your, your your sister, significant your, your, other, side, significant person, side sure. piece, whatever, everybody needs to have a conversation when it comes to what your goals are, what your habits are, where are we going to align for certain things? It's like, hey. Investments with your... Never mind, never mind. No, yeah, let's, let's move on. Say I'm, just, I'm saying... Let's I'm, move on. I'm, saying, I'm saying when it... I'm saying I'm talking about for relationships. This is some Woodford yeah. Reserve it don't conversation. Matter. It, don't, it don't matter what the relationship is. Yeah. Because right. if you, if you doc, are involved... Take it now, take it now, Doc. Just was, take look, it. If you involved in extracurricular activities, no, Doc, take it, Doc, right now. So, so my point, my my point (laughs) that I was that I was going towards was like, all right, look, not everybody is is going to be able to jump into the details as well. Like, there are people. Uh, for whom purchasing individual stocks and 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 and, uh, Destrian mentioned uh, mutual funds uh, 
it's probably going to be the, the direction that a lot of people go. I want to always make sure it, it would be like a, a doctor giving you a prescription on the air and saying, oh, well, you need to do this. I'm very careful about uh, my, my recommendations and my prescriptions, as it were, in terms of what it is that I'm going to tell you uh, directly to do in terms of each individual type of tool that you use, because those are going to vary based on the goals that you have. And so it's a very, it, that's why it's important to decide what it is that you want to do. Because once you decide what you want to do, now the next thing we can start to do is putting the, put together the pieces that are necessary to get you where you're trying to go. And so, yeah, a component of that is likely to be insurance. You're obviously going to have to have. The reason you need your short-term cash reserve is if you have money working for you in the market, that money can fluctuate in value. If you need something right now, you don't want to have to draw on money that could be worth far less. You always want to put yourself in a position where you're buying low and selling high. Okay, And so that's, that's just generally what's going on in terms of investing. And so my my point with this is that all of the things that you are doing are are happening by design if you if you grab and decide to be the designer, right? Now there's another design that's out there if you don't do so, right? It's whatever the default is for the people who don't have and who haven't made the decisions to, to move forward. But my deal is wherever you are in terms of your, your income, in terms of your assets, in terms of the amount of debt that you, that you currently hold, I guarantee you that there's somebody who's probably gone to greater places than you want to go having less than you already have. Okay. The tools that we have out there are not exclusive in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, people being able to use them. You can have very little and you can start to build tremendous amounts over time. And that's the key element is time. Don't wait. Don't waste time thinking that I haven't done enough yet. It's like people to say, oh, I'm going to go to church when I start being good. Once I put down all these blunts, that's when I'm going to start to give my life to the Lord. No, go on in there smelling like weed. Let the old ladies look at you. Give your life to the Lord right then. What? No, I'm just saying. Keep it real, right? Like everybody this, wants to do I'm about to take it right back. I'm about to take it right back. No, Bob. Well, quit trying to wait until something miraculous happens before you start doing the things that are likely to make you successful going forward. Best you time to do can something move in yourself into a position where everybody else right is going to look at you and be like, wow miracles happened or it seems to have happened in this person's life but really what it is is them sequentially doing the things that they were supposed to do and god coming in and blessing their efforts and that right there is stuff that you do see in the bible so So, and y'all have and y'all have drawn us brought us to our third and final point not yet not 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 yet no because i have to to mention i have to mention it now because we've come to that point goal setting Goal setting. We can't do any. It's weird because the third point is goal setting, which you make your decision first. But you really kind of, you know, you got to start with the end in mind. What the do you want? The end in mind. Whole, whole podcast you, what on. do you want? What do you want? My 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 initial thing is my initial decision, my goal, my habit. Everything revolves around 
a simple fact where I'm breaking what it I, down right now. This what do I want? It doesn't have to affect me in my lifetime, but it will affect my child, my child's child, my children's children. I want for when I'm gone, I want for my name to have reverence. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that I have to have billions of dollars and go put my name on college buildings and all of that, but I need it to be where I I can die knowing my children and my children's children are going to be straight. It's called impact. And that impact. And then I also want to be sure that I'm not just handing them the keys to the kingdom. I need to show them here's how to be a, re- a ruler and a leader of this kingdom. So, so that's my goal. About- you're talking about transferring value and values. So those are, those are, those are things that I think oftentimes we do one or the other. So we either tell our kids work hard, keep your head down. Don't you mess up. You talked about her. Don't you mess up this good job. That's, that's a, that's a value system. You know what I mean? You, uh, you, you keep your nose clean. You stay out of trouble values, right? Don't let anyone take advantage of you. Get what you're worth. Make sure that you reinvest your time, your energy, your resources, and your family. These things have to go together. They have to coincide. One of the things I was going to ask you before you finished your comments, AJ, was um, it was a simple question. You were talking about, hey, you know, people have to realize this. They need to understand this. I was going to pose the question to you around the fact that oftentimes we talk about value and resources, but do we really talk enough to, uh, to people about being able to authentically be who they are? Because this to me is a part of being able to walk in your purpose and then be able to generate these things that we're talking about oftentimes we we put people in boxes in our community around being able to simply provide right so there is no financial freedom on providing this is a survival mechanism right we're teaching survival instincts if you want to survive you need to do these things if you want to be free, you have to do different things. Like, so let's forget free-ish. We're talking about free, right? So you have to do the things that are requisite to be able to take care of your family. But now we have to raise the vibration and the mindset of the people that we're tethered to and connected to, to have them understand that not only do you need to do the daily chore of just getting through the part where you can provide, Tap into that, the rest of that energy where these next three hours when you, or these next two or three hours when you get home, that's for your family. For me personally, I think you both know once the family goes to sleep, I got another two or three hours that's dedicated to that last L, my legacy. I get up every day for liquidity. I do other things relative to longevity, but my legacy I stay up with you guys all night for that. And a lot of us have been told that, all right, make sure you get a good night's sleep. If you don't get eight hours, listen, you can operate on four. Take your behind the bed, get four. What is your plan to relieve yourself of that other 12 hours of the day 
so that you can trade the four that you're strategizing for to do something else or make those four more lucrative. The shift in mindset is important because what we're running into is a simple complex of I'm running into the wall around time. I'm running into the wall around opportunity. I'm running into the wall around, I heard AJ say that I should expand. I heard AJ say that I should think about a lifestyle about investing in the things that I'm interested in. How do I do that? You have to shift your mindset. You have to spend time doing different things. Evaluate the people that you spend time with. Your financial well-being is immediately attached to the people that you're with most often. Whatever they're doing, you're doing it too. Hey, AJ, you want to go out tonight? Yep. Hey, Ajama, want to go out tonight? Yep. Guess who is spending money? We're trading buying each other's drinks. We can simply say, hey, guys, I know we all want to go out. Why don't we buy a bottle, meet up, and have a meeting? Have a meeting and have drinks. Listen, people, male, female, if you, if, if you ladies like a glass of wine, meet up, have a glass of wine with an agenda. Write it off on your taxes. Meet up, glass of wine with an agenda. Guys, cocktails, conversations. If you ladies are having trouble um, having meetups and you need someone to facilitate it, www.makeupbymcfashion.com. My wife will facilitate a meeting for you and she will make sure that you have something to do while you drink wine, do a fun activity and talk about business. It's not always easy to talk about it, but again, let us help you. I'm not just saying my wife, all of us, we need to have more business oriented conversations, not just here on Facebook, at your dinner table. Guys, lead your households show up at your dinner table and talk about things that are uncomfortable. Hey, you know, um, talk about the things you're working on to be better. Your son may need to hear, your daughter may need to hear. You may have not told your wife, she may need to hear it to understand that you have them in mind. I talked to a credit consultant today and I'm working on improving my credit. I think it's gonna advance us as a family. That's an important conversation. Hey, I started to learn a little bit about mutual funds today. Do you know anything about it? Maybe we can do this together. Important conversation. Today, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hold on. Real quick. Go ahead, let's go. Because you know, you know what I do. I sit back and I wait for y'all to set your own traps and I got you. I got both of you. Let's go. In true Bridger fashion, this is what we do. We've sat here. We've danced around this bush and we've had a great time. It looks great. We got a pretty dance going on. But DJ, Doc, AJ, what do I do? Let's get practical. Let's do what we do in brethren fashion. Let's get practical. Let's get practical in terms of decision making. Let's get practical in terms of good habits. Let's get practical in terms of goal setting. What do I do? First, let's make the decision. I want different. I want better. If not for myself, for everyone that comes after me. Number one, that's it. We agree on that? Yeah. Agree. Okay. Everybody who is listening to the sound of our voices, number step number one, decision-making, make a decision, get mad, I want better. Simple as that. Simple as that. Now, 
we're going to take that third that third point, which is goal setting, and put it ahead of the good habits because once you know your goal, now you know where your habits need to realign. Let's Let's begin with the end in mind. I want better. Let's set some goals. I want my children to be better off than I am. An immediate solution that comes to mind is let's look at options of life insurance. Because one thing we know for sure is we got to leave here. Yeah, it is. <laughs> my daddy told me my whole entire life, there are two things that you are guaranteed to do. That is to be Pay black, <laughs> to be black and, and to die. Because you can get away Joe, with not Joe paying Clark. taxes. Joe you Clark. can get away with not paying taxes, but it ain't going to be pretty. And the second thing I used to tell him, I said, I know a few people who have relinquished their blackness through advances in modern technology. So yeah. you ain't even got to do that. But one thing you're going to do is you're going to get up out you're of here. They still go. black. <laughs> <laughs> so still for black. sure, you're going to get up out of here. So one of the... one. One of the most immediate things that comes to my mind, and while my, you know, while my beneficiary is in the back making noise, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, and here's a, even, and not even, you know, even beyond that, if you simply have a savings account, I don't care if it's five dollars in there. Do you Somebody even have benefit? Do you do you have beneficiaries set on any of your accounts that have anything to do with money? Your job. Most people's job, most of these large corporations have life insurance policies on their employees and they don't even know it. My company in, insures me for $25,000. I don't have to sign a thing. It comes day one when I, sign, when, I, when I signed on. Every single employee that works for us, 25 racks. That's your family gets that. All you got to do is go in there and tell them who to give the money to. But guess what happens when you don't set a beneficiary? Somebody can come and claim your money. Some Goes random person. Go straight probate. to probate. Yeah. So when we talk of financial literacy, we're talking about having, it's not, hey, you got to go to school to learn all of this stuff. It's the same way we're having this conversation now. It's conversations, man. It's conversations. If yeah. you and your friends and your circle aren't having anything conversation-wise that's dealing with progression, you might want to make the decision <laughs> and you might want to set the goal to be surrounded by people who have, you know, progressive thoughts. You might want to have the goal set to have more progressive conversations. You might want to have the goal set to, if I don't get new friends, at least let me try to influence my group to have these conversations. Absolutely. We ain't telling you to go, go Hollywood on your people. If you, if you hood and you, and you chill with your hood friends, you know, Hey, I can't look, I can't mess with y'all, man. While we smoking and drinking, let's talk about what we need to talk about. And I'm going to tell you, man, honestly, nine times out of ten, most people are receptive to new information. What we're what we are is uncomfortable introducing it. And all you need is a person that's comfortable introducing it. And that person can be you. You can be the catalyst to that because nine times out of ten, what someone doesn't know that can help them they're not really opposed to it. They just need you to talk to them in a way that they can understand it. True. And if, and if you can shoot the breeze with them, it's all good. You talked about being practical, right? One real of the quick, more, real quick, yeah. DJ, I'm yeah. going to give it to you because we, we, we crushed on time and you know why we all know why. Oh, I'm so, looking at it. I will. I want five minutes from you of I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you one and I'll, I'll, I'll and give you the rest of Doc. 
practicality. DJ, let's go. I'll give you one, and I'm going to yield it to Doc. I'm going to go back to what I talked about earlier. I, I really believe in this. Look, I live a life where I'm really serious about this. Empowerment, engagement, and execution is what I, the cornerstones of my life. At all times of my life, I want to be doing one of those three things. And so as subsets of those, when I think about how I break down other areas of my life that I need to be better at, that I need to have some structure around. When I think about finance, I literally think about it in terms of liquidity, longevity, and my legacy. Again, you know, I can go to work, I can get a raise, I can do whatever. That stuff is fine. That's kind of your day-to-day. I've never known a person from a day-to-day perspective really get wealthy. Most people get wealthy on the back half of those two L's. What drives your longevity and what do you want your legacy to be? And so for me, I decided that what I want to do is live on the liquidity that my employer provides. I want to build additional liquidity on the longevity that my skill set, my abilities, my network, and my resources can provide. And I want that to fund my legacy. And I want to invest and grow that aggressively so that as Dr. Loving said earlier, and you also alluded to, that my son and potential other children have options, but it doesn't stop with them. I create a system. We were talking about that earlier. I create a system that they can easily follow, a predictable model of behavior that shows them a blueprint to create generational wealth. So in short, liquidity, longevity, and legacy. And if you have a question about that, change your network or add one of the three of us to your network and let us help influence that. It's yours, Doc. Most definitely. Doc, I'm Doc, I'm gonna tee you up. You look, you look, don't just don't just start going blindly out here talking. I'm gonna look, I'm gonna tee you up. Because you look. I really want everybody to write those three L's down. Yes, I do have notes. I got notes. This is all the notes that I have for this whole conversation. Uh, so you know, this is this is King Kang and DJ. You know, <laughs> keep it all that. knowledge gangster. <laughs> Best acronym <But> ever. <laughs> tell me about it. Liquidity, longevity, and legacy. Those are the three L's that I want you to figure. Not LLC, LLL. Okay. So I just wanted to throw that out there, but Doc. I want you to go ahead and take it away. So we can go ahead and wrap it up, but yeah. practicality is the is the goal set. And I, and I think practicality is is important, right? Because at the end of the day, you see people suffering. Like there's probably somebody watching this right now and it's like, look, all of these things sound good, but I'm drowning right now, right? I spend too much. My credit cards are, you know, near the max or over. Uh, folks are calling me. I'm stressed. My, I feel like I'm barely holding it together. We're in the middle of a pandemic, and you, if you in Texas, you in the middle of a pandemic, and then had, just got hit with a snowstorm, and you might not even have water, right? And so, for somebody to be telling you, "Oh, it's time for you to take hold of your financial future," you're probably thinking, like, how? <laughs> 
right? And I think a lot of people, regardless of whether you've been through some of those other things, you're thinking, man, how? It's, it, it, it feels impossible because the circumstances that seem to be surrounding you are pressing you and you feel like there's no way out. And, and, and a lot of people end up succumbing to that type of thing because it can saturate your thoughts. It can saturate your mind and it makes you feel like I should just give up and people do give up. But I will tell you that there are people who have been through worse and not given up and you don't have to. All right. I will tell you that even though it seems like it should not be as simple as making a decision, it is. Once you've decided that you want to go a certain direction and you turn your head that way, guess what happens? Your shoulders tend to follow. Your hips tend to follow, right? When your mind is trained on it, your arms and limbs follow in that direction too. When you've decided to automate things, you can make your money move in that direction as well. If you have people who can be like-minded and surround you in that decision and cover you, Sometimes you can end up having angels on your shoulder and behind you and around you that you didn't even know about family members and friends that have been waiting and saying, man, he's finally started going the right direction. I'm happy to be able to help him do this. I wouldn't give him a dollar if he was sitting up there just wasting it. But now I see him doing the right things. And I feel like, I, man, I, I want to help you never know the opportunities that are going to come and lift those things that you are trying to do when you're doing the right thing. They say faith without works is dead. But the interesting thing is the power that can come and surround you once you actually start working in faith. That's when God can come and bless your efforts and does bless your efforts. All three of us, all three of y'all up here on the screen, none of us, not Mary one, did what we have by ourselves. Right. And there were some praying grandmamas and, and granddaddies and other folks who got us to where we are. It's those things and those efforts, plus the decisions that we've made, plus all of the wonderful things that have happened to us that have gotten us to where we are and will get us to where we're going. But we are not special. Doc, I'm not special. Destrian is not special. AJ is not special. Doc, let me you say this. You all man. can do the same thing that we are doing. And any of us can do any of the things that other people are doing that seem so far out of reach. It's the same process of deciding, doing the things that are necessary to start getting there, and then looking for the other opportunities that are going to come from the periphery to help you get there in ways that you never expected, right? But I, I, I can't promise you magic. I won't. I'll never promise right. you that. But I can promise you that if you start doing the right things, You'll be better off for having done them than you would have been if you did. All right. So that's Doc, all. That's what Doc, I got. Go take it, Destry. Take Doc, it. Doc, I, I thought I was done. I gotta tell you this, man. You 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 struck a nerve with this one. I um I actually sent this, I sent this to someone last night, my wife actually. And um, in light of all the things that are going on uh personally, I, I sent this to her. I said, um, I said, faith is not free belief is the down payment action 
is the daily, weekly, monthly, semi-annual, and annual subscription fee that you pay for the results. Faith is not free. And so that same thing that you just said, I think that folks have to understand that you have to put the work in. Simply, Simply declaring your faith is simply that you've declared what are you going to do to be a steward of seeing that to fruition? And then, you know, um, lastly, man, um, talk about faith and, 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 and all these things. Um, to really wrap this thing up, in so many ways, we're so reliant on other things, outside influences, and other people, at some point, you got to find that thing on the inside of you that allows you to flip a switch that says, I will not be denied. And until you find that thing, you're going to always be in search of. And so what I would challenge uh, the folks that are listening to tonight is don't ignore that itch. You talked about it earlier when you were doing that thing. Don't ignore that itch that needs to be scratched. That might be that thing that's deep within you that will change the trajectory of not only your life, but generations to come. And I think that oftentimes we ignore those things and and we, we shun them and say, well, that's not for me. It could very well not only be for you, but for many of those to come after you. So man, you definitely spoke a word no, that's you talked about and, that, and that's man. and that's what it's about, man. It's about it's about you and it's about them and, and to to get us to where we always end up, man. It's it's not about the things. It's about the, it's about the peace. It's it, it, there you it, go. all we're doing we're is we're good all we're now, doing man. is we're good. No, 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 we're good, man. We're good now. You got that. <laughs> I ain't doing even is, know. I ain't I, even I, know. I, I, if anybody here is old enough to remember Pee Wee's Playhouse, they used to have a word of the day. <laughs> Our catchphrase here is people over things. I had to I had to force it out before, <laughs> but it will always organically come from the conversation. And when it does, it's a genuine cheers. People <laughs> over things. I live by that. And I, I was introduced to it by you, Dr. Loving. And I affectionately deem it as one of your sayings, but you always tell me that you heard it from people before you. And I remember the day that I sent it to you because I heard it on a TV yeah. show. Yeah. And it was just, it was mind blowing to me because it was like, yo, this is, it's a basic principle. It's a very it's so basic sim- principle. It's so simple, but yet complex, right? It's like, profound. Yeah. It's very simple, but it's very profound. Yeah. So, so I'll do I- this. I got, hold on, AJ, I'm going to have to jump, but if I could, man, I I know people are more important than things, but I wanted to say, I said this on, um, on a call that you and I were on together and, uh, doc wasn't on this call, but for those that are listening in the same spirit of the people are more important than things. I want to let you know this. Number one, you are not better than anyone else but no one else is better than you. And I really hope that you take that with you into the weekend because what Dr. Levin is saying around people are more important than things. 
I want you to also have that personal effect to understand that regardless of the position that other people may occupy in life, no one is above you. There you go. You're, you're not above anyone else. And that's the level playing field that we have when it comes to making a decision. Everyone gets to do it. So look, bro, I'm going to have to bounce, um, but I want to wait for you to close this thing out. No, most definitely, most definitely. So I will, I will be, I, I will be brief. I will be bold, and then we'll be gone. Um, right. So, I, I, as usual, I appreciate both of you brothers for bestowing uh, myself and anybody else listening uh, with your knowledge. I, I, I sincerely appreciate you all from the bottom of my heart, especially uh, you, Destrian. You know, you you've got things personally going on. You've slotted out the time to be here with us. So our prayers, our thoughts our, you know, everything, anything that you need from me, from Doc, from everybody else, from you, to you, we appreciate you, brother. I love you, and I mean that shit, and you can't do nothing about it. Yes, I did that. curse. Yes, I did slip <laughs> in the curse. We almost made it. I'll tell you. <laughs> we almost made it. I'll respond to you. I, I appreciate that shit, and uh, <laughs> now I appreciate it, man, and uh, it, it means a lot to me. It means the world to myself and my family, um, and we're just trying to do things in an honorable way to uh, for for our, for our most gracious loved one, man. You know, Amen. no doubt, no doubt, Amen. no doubt. So I will I will start. I will begin my closeout by saying, hopefully, this conversation has brought some clarity, uh, some confirmation, or some comfort to your life. Um, do not be intimidated by your goals. Once you set your goals, once you make that decision that says, "I want better." That's all that's uh, that's all you have to do. That's all we're asking you to do is make a decision to say you want better. You could be good right now, but things can always be better. So number one is make the decision to say you want it better. Okay, don't let that goal intimidate you. You may not see, you may not fathom the idea of I can get a hundred thousand in savings, but it's very possible. So don't let your goal intimidate you and don't shortchange your goal because you're intimidated by what you actually want. I'll say that again. Don't say be intimidated it, by it. your goal because it's more than you can fathom that you are actually capable of doing. You want 100,000? Don't think that it's far-fetched because you ain't never seen 100,000. You've seen it. Put it in perspective. You work for a company that I'm pretty sure makes more than 100,000. You've seen it happen. You know the processes and systems in place that can happen. Don't let your goals intimidate you. Next point, money doesn't buy happiness, but guess what money does do? Money affords you the comfort to find out what your happiness is. Money does not buy you happiness, but money affords you the opportunity to find out what actually makes you happy. Money provides comfort. More money, more problems, but you got the leisure to go out and find out, look, I can go drown my tears in $100,000 worth of a vacation and figure out if that's what makes me happy. So don't let, you know, money doesn't buy happiness, but it does give you the comfort to find out what happiness truly is for you. Money is a tool. So remember that. And I'll finish off with the four P's of investing, financial literacy, trading, whatever you want to call it. It's patience, profit, plan and persistence and godspeed to our brother dj he has to uh, he has to chance his personal ter- personal matters uh but 
these are in no particular order patience remain patient through your journey whatever that journey is remain patient it's not gonna happen overnight remember it may not affect you personally in your lifetime but just take comfort in the fact that i'm making changes and realigning my habits and making decisions and setting goals that will affect my children my children's children my name will ring bells in a later lifetime in a further decade you also got profit it's the obvious end goal right <laughs> like it's what we want we know we want profit don't nobody want a bunch of uh liabilities throughout their lifetime you want assets you want profit it's the obvious end goal plan create your plan your budget your investing plan your trading plan your life plan it includes your goals figure out what it is write it down make it plain like they say and then persistence the final p that will always be the final stick to your plan don't give up don't ever go back and think that your plan is so grandiose that you can't accomplish it it can be done we live in a world where we've seen people come from nothing and literally get something. We've seen people that come from something and end up with nothing. It's all possible. So remember those things, decision-making, good habits, goal-setting, liquidity, longevity, legacy. I love when we put things in the acronyms and, <laughs> and pocket-sized, you know, take it with you you know, little care packages. I love it because it's easy to remember. Remember the three L's, the four P's. You know, it's, it's, very, it's very easy to start small and grow big. Remember, Doc always talks about religion. He slips in there, the faith of a mustard seed. If you ain't never seen a mustard seed, it's smaller than you think it actually is. And yet it puts out a mighty plant. Acorns are seeds that grow out large trees. Seeds are small, but the product, the end product is very large. And imagine if that seed doubted itself in the beginning. I know I'm, I know I'm speaking real philosophical to you right now, <laughs> but it's because I love y'all, man. I love Doc. I love Destrian, and y'all know that. There's nothing y'all can do about it. That's why we have these conversations, man. So as usual in true brethren fashion, I hope you all gain something from this conversation. Our doors are always open. Our podcast can always be heard on all your digital service providers. Brethren Pod, that's B-R-E-A-D-R-E-N, Brethren Podcast Series, The Bread, because we always about our bread, we always getting bread, and we always look for new ways to get bread. And guess what we're going to do with that bread? Spread it around. Pick up the crumbs if you ain't at the table. We don't mind. We love y'all, and this will do it for us here at the, uh, the Brethren Podcast. Cheers, brothers. We love you. <laughs>